kaplanrealestate at gmail.com. Medicine ball. All right, everyone. Welcome to Saturday edition of Pac-Man and the Rev. I got my co-host, the Rev, here. How are you doing today? Hey, buddy. I'm great. I'm great. I uh, go through about 10 t-shirts a day when it's hot like this. It's unbelievable. <laughs> my lawn is, hey, you know, my lawn is begging dogs to come by. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, uh, I hear that we've been watering our lawn excessively, in, in you know, in the later hours, trying to take advantage of the natural uh, process of not letting so much water evaporate in the hot sun. But uh, we can't keep up. Doesn't matter how much you put on it, and uh, you know, a big part of that comes from most of the grass that people put in their front lawns is not a native Colorado grass, so it's not really designed to uh, to live in the in our current weather conditions but uh you know yeah, and absolutely and you know like most of our lawns are bluegrass and uh um and bluegrass it's even hotter in the south it does fine but don't forget they have so much humidity and so much rain that bluegrass thrives you almost can't drown it so well you know to the start of this spring we were uh our lawns were unstoppable because we were getting so much rain which is which is perfect but it's not the same equivalency when you're watering it with your hose because you're talking about chlorinated fluoride you know all kinds of other chemical treatments and processes in in tap water so you know it's just not it's just not the same as natural rain and uh i remember uh grandpa having Spent years and years and years, and it finally filled out the whole lawn, but he had put that short Colorado native buffalo grass in his yard, and it never grew more than two and a half inches tall, and it never needed unnatural watering. It just did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, pretty tough grass. Uh, you know, if you live out on the plains of Colorado and you see it, get, it gets brown, but you walk up to them and look inside the cluster of that grass, and there'll be green blades right down in the center of it. It truly was nature's correct lawn. It uh, She planted the entire Great Plains and fed six million buffalo on it. So uh, Mother Nature's remarkable. Hey, folks, we're, uh, we're coming to you today um, just, just wondering... What shoe is going to drop next, Pac? I'm telling you. Um, the I, I don't even know how many shoes are left. I mean, let's talk a little bit about this G7 Summit that went on. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the they're toting it as a, uh, a huge success for Biden on the left and in the media and this and that. And really the only thing I can think of is that they gave Biden a little bit of a a little bit of a segue in their in their closing speeches at the end of the G7 summit to uh, to preach some of his proposals but that's that's a little misleading because absolutely nothing was accomplished at this summit of world leaders this uh, this year we had 
Biden walked in there with with the well, the world walked in there with the agenda of talking about global minimum tax, which, as horrible of an idea as that is, they got nowhere on that. They couldn't come to any agreements on that. Another major topic was climate control, and even, and they couldn't get any of the even any of the Western nations to come to an agreement on the best way to approach climate. Uh, they went in there. He went in there very critical of China about uh, their taking away of rights in Hong Kong, and yet walked away with. Did no, you say no, rights or yeah, rice? Rights. Oh, okay. Well, because um, that would have been horrible if yeah. they took the rights away. <laughs> but uh, he walked away with <laughs> no, with no promises, no guarantees, no conditions, no commitments, or anything about any of that changing. He walked in there and stomped his feet about uh, Putin and his uh, influencing global processes, and you know, stomped his feet about that, but didn't, uh, didn't, you know, again, didn't walk away with any type of commitments or, or anything like that. The 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 seven the seven summit was really just a way for world leaders to get together for a giant photo op this year. That's all it really was, pat each other on the back and this and that. But uh, you know. Here's the difference between what happened with the last one Trump was at versus the one here is that Trump took a very hardline stance on the way he approached policies and global policies at the last summit, which was very frustrating to the globalist leaders around the world like Marcone and Merkel and, and all of those people. But the change in the sentiment this time was... Marcone coming out talking about how nice it is to have a more compliant leader in the U.S. Compliant, people. That means do what we want you to do. Yeah. Um, and that is something that Democrats are well known throughout their history of uh, writing blank checks to the world and then raising your taxes and saying, well, you know, Republicans. And, uh, you know, so they, they, there was not, there was no benefit. I mean, Putin walked away with something. Uh, Biden gave him a really nice pair of aviator sunglasses as a gift. You know, the guy that uh, the guy that he marches out onto the out onto the pre-recorded screenings of uh, press conferences and and reads from his uh, his pre-written uh, premeditated speech about how bad of a person by or Putin is, and then turns around and gives him gifts and and not only gifts of uh, of that nature, but gifts like releasing bans on oil pipeline restrictions and sanctions on uh, on uh, oil and fossil fuel development in in uh, Asia and obviously a lot of that goes to uh, Europe that's the main client so he's basically handed uh, oil dependency of Europe over to <coughs> over to Putin so yeah uh, well you know and at least a set of aviator glasses is uh it's kind of a nice gift. I remember the time when uh, um, when Barack Hussein Obama <clears throat> gave everybody CDs of his speeches. That was <laughs> that was his gift, and uh, and and I remember watching the videos of that as these world leaders tried to act uh, thankful and and uh, not condescending over the gift of. Gee, your speeches, Barack, how, how wonderful. I can't wait to get home and listen to them. Folks, we'll be right back after this first break. 
can buy gold just about anywhere in the world from all kinds of different dealers. So why do you use the Patriot Trading Group? 20 years of service, just like that. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, just like that. Lowest prices, just like that. No solicitation, just like that. Buying or selling, just like that. For all your gold and silver needs, call the Patriot Trading Group at 800-951-0592, just like that. Hey folks, The Rev here. I want to introduce you to my friend Zach Frisby, decorated combat veteran and Purple Heart recipient. His real estate service has incredible programs and can even offer a $1,500 closing cost to veterans. Zach also donates $500 to the VFW for every home he helps you buy or sell. Zach's website is foothills.life. Again, that's foothills.life. Make Zach at foothills.life your choice for all your real estate needs, real estate done right. Radical anti-meat activists are collecting signatures to force a new initiative known as the PAUSE Act onto your Colorado ballot. Initiative 16 is cleverly worded to trick urban voters into believing that they are banning sexual acts against animals, when in reality, this initiative will destroy Colorado agriculture and ranching by making common health care procedures illegal and other ranching processes unfeasible. Visit StopPause.org to learn more. StopPause.org Hey everybody, we are Lady Annabellum. When we started out in Nashville, we never imagined what we were going to be able to achieve. We got here because we worked together and had each other's backs. In America, we have the privilege of being a diverse society made up of people from all kinds of backgrounds. And that's a big part of what makes this country such a great place to live. When we put aside our differences and work together, there is no challenge too great to overcome. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. All right, everyone, we are back. Uh, yeah, so we were talking about the, the gift of speech from Obama. Uh, you know. <laughs> God. Uh, never mind. Yeah, and so we're seeing around the country, we saw banners flying at a major U.K. Basket, or football team, or as it's called, here in America, soccer, we see we're seeing uh, news coverage about about the fraud investigation starting to pick up steam in other nations around the world, from Australia to South America, and we're we're the world is calling BS on Biden's presidency. Um, they are not seeing him as an as a legitimate president in a lot of countries. Uh, they are all waving signs saying Trump won. And and the the takeaway is the the other nations, you know, like I said about Marcone saying about the compliancy of uh, of our new president, is really kind of bringing about uh, the world looking at the next four years as an opportunity to gain uh, at the expense of America and its people. And we uh, you know we we. They, when we had when we had a president that was in office that was saying America first, we need to make policies that yes, policies that can benefit the world and other nations, but policies that America comes out ahead on. Uh, 
that the American people are the benefactor, the, the key benefactor of policy. The world said, oh, you know, you're just you're just shutting yourself off from the world. You're alienating it from the world. You're, you're trying to take advantage of the world for America's prosperity. That's what these nations are seeing. They, they are foaming at the mouth. There's blood in the water, and they are circling Biden looking for a way to benefit their nations off of the expense of us. Right. I mean, a national leader is expected to do things that are in the best interest of their country. That's how they get elected, allegedly. Now, in the case of, uh, you know, how many how many executive orders did uh, Joe Biden tear up on his first day? Dozens, dozens of them. And almost without exception, those executive orders were pro-America executive orders. I hope everybody understands when you go fill your gas tank and it's double, sometimes double and a half, two and a half times what it was a mere few years ago, you got to understand where that comes from. Uh, the, the current administration is at war with America. They dislike everything that we stand for. And sadly, they're minions, their puppets, applaud. And I'll give you an example of that. Here we have um, the state of California is now going on to severe water rationing because they emptied billions of gallons of fresh water into their streams so their salmon could make the climb up the stream because the water levels were low. And the and I understand why they did that. But now everybody in California is going to be limited to something that was ridiculous, seven gallons a day. And, uh, you know, you go flush the toilet twice and brush your teeth, and that's it. That's it. You're done. Uh, forget your shower. Just spray on a little more deodorant um here's my question and you know i i've been at at odds with the little green people i talked about them all winter long their thermostats were set at 70 just like everyone else's well how on earth did those salmon survive periods of drought where there was no water running in those streams for the thousands and thousands of years before man provided our benevolent guidance um, to releasing fresh water so they could, they survived. They survived just fine. You know why? Because even though the salmon attempts to return to the place where it was born, that's pre-programmed, at some point the salmon realizes, hey, this is all the further I'm going to get, and it will drop its eggs right there. It will reproduce. And then the next generation of salmon will return to that spot. There will always be salmon that make the eventual journey up the stream. And the reality is, every time man meddles in nature, we mess it up. Um, and, okay, here's the argument, Pac. Here's the argument. They say, well, um, we can't build reservoirs because the humpback chub um might be wiped out if we put a reservoir in here. So, you know, um, first of all, that goes against God's will, and I'll tell you why. Um, 
Joseph was given a gift of of interpretation, and he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. And Pharaoh's dream was simply of seven years of plenty and seven years of of not plenty. In other words, not enough harvest to feed the country. And Joseph explained that to him, and Pharaoh set up a program whereby they built hundreds of silos and stored all their excess grain. Now, they might have built those silos over the top of some kind of mouse that lived there in that valley, but they built those silos so they could feed people in the future. And that's what reservoirs do. Reservoirs are an inconvenient necessity in modern society. It's just, I don't know, Dave. Yeah, when you've, got, when you've got 320 million people, when you're dealing with a state like California that has over one-tenth of the population of the entire United States, living in a state that is a sizable state, I, I will give them that. It is, you know, it's the third largest state in the Union, but... When, but it is it has grown to a point where it can insufficiently support its populace, and so not through natural means, as as the rev was saying. So you know it it doesn't have enough farmland to feed its people. It doesn't have enough rivers to keep its people watered. It doesn't have enough resources to sustain that. So we have to make modifications. That's that's just the way it is. And as upsetting as that is to people. We have to grow more cows. We have to grow more crops. We have to be able to water those crops. We have to be able to water the people we keep pumping out every year. You know, we have to be able to take care of these things. And they and so I don't I don't understand why I have to hear on one shoulder the the eco freak saying, Oh, but but if we do this the great horned owl is gonna run out of territory and at the same time those people are on the other side of the shoulder saying well, how come you're not feeding all these hungry children? And it's like, well, because you stopped me from cutting down this area that I needed to plant crops in, or you stopped me from, I can't provide heat for all the or for all the elderly people that are freezing to death in the winter because you shut down all my power plants because you were afraid that the the golden-tipped wing sparrow wouldn't be able to have a, a safe place to nest. You know, you don't get to play both sides of that fence and you don't get to you don't i don't know what's the term have your cake and eat it too right something like something along that lines you know we we saw that in the giant push for ethanol fuel e85 ethanol fuel you know everybody's like oh you know, all these vehicles that we have on the road are pumping out all these uh, all these hydrocarbons and all this co2 and it's really hurting the environment we need a cleaner burning fuel so they came up with the idea of ethanol fuel started creating flex fuel vehicles and things that could run on uh, 85% ethanol. But the production of this ethanol is a, is actually a fairly simplistic process, but there's only one way to successfully do it, and that is through the fermentation of corn, which meant for hundreds of years that farmers had been farming the Midwest, they rotated their crops they did this because it created soil integrity, it created a mix of nutrients from one crop that was vital to the production of the next year's different crop. Planting corn in this field one year, planting potatoes in it the next, planting wheat in it that term after that. Well, now all of a sudden corn became in such a high demand that that's all they were planting. 
They're right. planting massive fields of corn. And the ethanol, mind you, here's the financial impact of that. We'll get to the environmental in a second. The ethanol sells for $2.80 a gallon. And that has to be able to cover the production cost of that fuel. Not just It's not just, oh, here's a fuel, give me $2.85, that goes in my pocket. You have to pay, pay the plants, the workers, everybody that created that gallon of fuel. All the way down to the farmer that grew it. But as a farmer who is looking to make money and provide for my family, why would I sell you an entire bushel of corn to make one gallon of ethanol at one-fourth the price of what that bushel of corn would sell as a food product? I wouldn't do it. Nobody would. Nobody nobody would do that. Nobody would say, you know what, I'm going to take 25% of what I could have for the sake of doing this. So those farmers said, hey, it's not worth my time. I'm not going to lose 75% of my income. So the government said, well, we'll pay you the difference. We'll subsidize the difference. Right. Which meant not only were you paying to get that gallon of gas, you were also paying for it to be produced. The government was writing checks to those farmers saying, we know you could have made a billion dollars on your corn. You only made 240000 on it when you sold it to us. So here's a check for the rest of it. A check that came out of a revenue pool that you supplied with your tax dollars and you're working. So there was that side of it. And then it turned out that Planting corn year after year after year after year into the fields, the corn used up all the nutrients that were in that field that the corn needs to survive. And so the soil became infertile. So what did we do next? We started dumping billions and billions of gallons of chemical, chemically produced fertilizer right. on these fields so that we could grow this corn, so that we could sell it for under market value to produce a useless, imperfect fuel so that we could worry about the CO2. So that we could feel good. Yeah, so we could feel good about it. And then on top of that, we destroyed thousands and thousands of miles of river ecosystems from the rain bleed off of chemical fertilizer into rivers. Yeah. And and here, I want you to, and and you're not going to believe this, so go ahead and look it up. But a gallon of ethanol from start to finish takes 1,500 gallons of water to produce, okay? And and let me explain how that works. When you walk by or drive by a cornfield, and just take a drive out in the country and go down some of the dirt roads, not all the paved roads, go down the dirt roads and look at those pivots. Those pivots are running 7 by 24. They don't actually shut off. They reach the end of their arc, and it's switches and they go back the other way (coughs) and that's because during the summer the water landing on the corn plant some of it gets to the bottom of it but a lot of it stays right on the leaves and evaporates off so these these pumps six eight inch even 12 inch diameter wellheads go down into a body of water called fossil water and fossil water is the water that was put there since the beginning of time. It could be the water that they talk about in in Genesis during the flood where the earth opened up and spewed forth its water. The fossil water levels are dropping. There's uh, four aquifers in Colorado, 
uh, the three main ones around Denver are the Denver, the Arapaho, and the Ogallala Aquifer. Um, none of the wells dug 20 years ago are even in the aquifer anymore. The top two aquifers are empty. So the bottom aquifer, the Ogallala, is the one they're pulling water off of now. When that's gone, what do they pull water off of? You know, you got to think about this. This yeah. is... Well, and, and we we are currently, you know, countries like Israel and and massively along the California coast are starting to desalinate millions of gallons of water to uh, to produce fresh water for consumption. We're going to continue this as soon as we get back, folks. You bet, folks. Half the show in the barrel. We'll be right back with you. Thanks for listening. The globalists say resistance is futile. Will you choose to accept your slavery or declare your liberty? Find out how on Pac-Man and the Rev, Saturdays from 1 to 2. Sometimes the truth hurts. Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners, family owned and operated since 1970. We use the latest non-toxic green cleaning systems and state-of-the-art tensioning units to assure a quality and consistent finish. Located in Severance and Fort Collins, from wedding gowns to sleeping bags, we do it all. For info and directions, call us at 970-775-0623. Again, 970-775-0623. The beetles are flying, the pine trees around Greeley are dying, and so's the dollar. The ash borers are all over Johnstown Millican, and we can only help your trees if we catch them in the first year. If the branch over the house or drive is on pre-SHF list, call Affordable Tree Service North LLC at 568-6898. We're licensed and insured. We accept all payment forms and honor a 10% military senior discount. That's 568-6898. Hi folks, I'm James Morgan, a realtor with Grisham & Associates, LLC. I know it must seem like there's a million realtors out there making all kinds of promises. Want to hear my big marketing promise? I promise honest and fair dealings with all those I do business with. That may sound old-fashioned, and it is not very catchy, but it is true. I am your Colorado real estate specialist. Farm, land, mountain cabins, or urban dwellings. When you work with my team, we'll get the right property for you and be upfront and honest with you every step of the way. Over the years, my clients have told me just that fact alone separates us from others in the industry. If you are considering buying or selling real estate, call me, James Morgan, at 720-203-0731 or visit my website at coloradoproperties.online. No catchy slogan, just a client-first, honest real estate experience. Hit it, girls. Keep listening to the American Freedom Network. Hi, folks. Brian Kilmeade here. Thanks for listening to my show each weekday from 7 till 9 a.m. Have you heard how much KHNC, the Roar of the Rockies, has grown? Got a new lineup, big signal, and rapidly growing audience. So if you own a business and would like to reach a conservative, patriotic, northern Colorado audience in a very affordable way, contact my buddies, my friends at KHNC, 970-587-5003, or email them at ontheair at khnc.net. That's 970-587-5003. Tell them Brian Kilmeade sent you. 
Tune in Saturday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. right here on Roar the Rockies, 1360 a.m. for the Gardening with Joey and Holly radio show. Get your garden started and growing successfully all summer long. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. And I'm not missing a thing Watching the full moon cross in the range All right, everyone, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Pac-Man in the Red, 1360 uh, KHNC. Um, we're at the bottom half of the hour here. You know, so we were talking about, you know, we're talking about a lot of the, the, the back on the climate topic because this is one of those topics that's that's never going to get settled as, right. long, as long as idiots are in charge of, of how it's handled. Um, but so you were talking about the aquifers not work, not being completely drained basically 20 year old wells don't even reach the water anymore um so what's what's a solution to freshwater needs well we are now desalinating hundreds of thousands of gallons of ocean water to produce fresh water for people to drink for people to put on their crops for people to take shower with um so what's more damaging the the salmon that don't make it a few more miles upstream or the fact that we are pulling water out of the ocean ecosystems and turning it into fresh water in an attempt to keep ourselves from dying from dehydration you know we we are we are we're seeing massive amounts of area of desert land basically and and not really desert because other than the mojave desert we don't really have a lot of desert land in the u.s we have a lot of savannah prairie type land but to grow crops in areas that they typically didn't grow naturally so we're tapping aquifers we're tapping things so that we can dump billions of gallons of water on desert land to produce agricultural needs and the climate the climate wackos here's the thing that bothers me about what they're doing is if i felt that i was getting a general concern for the environmental impact of man on this planet i would be i would feel a little bit better about what they're doing but you know i watch i watch a lot of youtube channels and i i see i see these uh these videos of these guys who i who are swimming in the ocean and they're literally swimming through seas of trash. Yeah. It's like it just just it is so it is so disgusting. I can't even believe. But there is not a government funded program to remove trash from the ocean. That is all done by private companies on private donations. Companies like uh, like Clean Ocean. They're all completely privately funded, and they do that work on their own for their own concern of the environment. The government is concerned about CO2 and fossil fuels. Well, no, they're concerned about creating a new industry that they can tax. And where where that what I mean by that is if you're in California right now and you're living on a 7 gallon a day water restriction, what happens if you use 8 gallons or 10 gallons or 20 gallons? Fees. They don't shut your water off. Fees and taxes. They charge you. They charge you more money. They collect more money. If when they introduce these silly ideas like carbon taxes and say, okay, you're an airliner, you are now restricted to only being able to produce this much carbon dioxide. If you go over that limit, what is the consequence for that, Rev? It's taxes and fees. Yeah, you pay a fine or a fee, 
and you they can, give you more carbon credits. You can buy more carbon credits. Yeah. So, so it's not that they're reducing anything that has an impact on the on the environment. What they're basically saying is, if they truly believe that that's the environment, that's the cause of the death of the environment, what they're really saying is, you're free to destroy the environment as much as you want, as long as you pay us to do it. Right. That's what they're really saying. They're not saying, oh, we're putting in policy that's going to save the world. We're going to put in policy that says you can continue destroying the world. You just have to give us money while you do it. Right, right. And that's, and, and that's always the way it's been. That's the historical truth. So here's here's a question, and this is purely philosophical, okay? When you produce uh, acres of corn... And first of all, thank God there's a lot of CO2 emissions out there because an acre of corn binds up so much CO2 in one day. You can hear the corn growing. I mean, that was an old expression that they'd say. You could hear the corn growing. You literally almost can hear the corn growing. A one-acre cornfield binds up so much carbon, it's ridiculous. One acre binds up in a month what the equivalent carbon output is of every diesel vehicle semi or or non-commercial on the road in that same time frame yeah it's 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 unbelievable so so here we go but here's a deeper question should we be making um hundreds of thousands of gallons of ethanol every day or should we be feeding starving people with corn when there's plenty of fossil fuels to fill that car with? Okay, people are dying from food, from lack of food. And, uh, you know, biblically, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. So uh, are you helping anything by making ethanol that's going to be burned in the fuel tank when you could be feeding children? Think about that. That's that's my question. Well, I mean, and, and even with the pipeline shutdowns, you know, yes, a pipeline leak can can risk a very potential danger to environmental hazard. However, the conditions designed to set up to stop that are so are so restrictive and so secure that. Even a drop in a single PSI of pressure along any point in that pipeline, and there's 38 major pumping stations along that pipeline, they can shut down that entire pipeline sectionally to locate where that leak is and stop it before it has an opportunity to create a huge amount of environmental impact. But no, that's not good. That's not good. That's a bad thing. So this pipeline that would have been buried underground and and the environment would have flourished naturally above it now is being replaced with thousands upon thousands of semi-trucks hauling 2,000 gallons of oil 1,800 miles for what the length of that pipeline would have pumped. You're talking about oil consumption, you're talking about fuel consumption, you're talking about carbon output, you're talking about emissions and exhaust, you're talking about wear and tear on tires that end up in landfills, you're talking about vehicles and machinery that breaks down and gets thrown in boneyards. I mean, you... you. Now, what? How, what? When do you sit back and say, hey, you know what, like, I know you don't like this politically, but it's a better choice. Yeah. At what point did somebody become empowered 
to make decisions that when you look at both sides, when you weigh it on the balance, when you say, okay, yes, this is a downside, yes, this is a positive, when you weigh it out, at what point did someone be, was, how was someone given the power to make bad decisions? Because it makes them feel good? That's what I don't understand. I, I, I remember being in elementary school and being taught a very simple process of problem solving. And that was take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle of it, write pros on one side, cons on the other side. And if your idea had more cons than pros, you didn't do it. It wasn't that difficult to figure out. But we have all of these people that uh, that will look past the troubles or the benefits even. Some, some policies are great policies that never see the light of day for the financial gain and the political posturing of it. And, and that, that comes from a danger of supporting people and not supporting ideas. You know, because when, when you get all these, you know, all these people running around doing this whole vote blue no matter who type of philosophy and thinking in this country, then that means that people with bad and idiotic ideas always get put in the position to be able to influence those ideas because you're so paranoid about casting a vote for the other guy even though his idea makes ten times more sense. So you start voting for, you start voting for, you start supporting the people and the parties instead of the ideas. See, if we had no political parties in this country, and every candidate just had to stand on their ideas, then only the best ideas would ever get voted in, because nobody would vote for a stupid idea. But as it sits right now, we go out and vote for stupid ideas all the time, because it has a D in front of it instead of an R. You know, and that, and, and that's where we end up in the position that we're in. And... It's all, we're all victims of a systematic political pandering. And it's costing us billions of dollars of our hard-earned dollars. It's costing us, it's costing us smart and intellectual leadership. It's costing us effective life-managing policies. And it's destroying prosperity. Not just here in the U.S., but globally. Well, here... Here's another example, as if we need more examples, but uh, I don't know if you know it, folks, but California's uh, undergoing rolling blackouts again. And uh, the uh, if you research it, you'll find the reason why they're having rolling blackouts is because when they could have invested in surefire known energy-producing, electric-producing power plants, they threw all their money into solar and into wind, okay? So California is now has to admit to the world and to themselves, hey, we cannot meet our these two sources. And you know what? Any, any in electrical engineer on the planet could have drawn it out for them to says, no, you've got... There is not enough square miles in California if it was converted 100% to solar panels to provide the power need for this state. It doesn't work. So what, what you're essentially doing is these rolling blackouts are creating situations and conditions where elderly people are dying. Temperatures attain a certain level within a home. I'm not talking about young kids that can go and play out in the sun on a 110 degree day for hours and hours, and all they need is a glass of water. 
I'm talking about older people who have to have a uh, temperature-controlled environment or a basement to go live in. You can't go live in a basement when you're in a 20-story high-rise, when your retirement home is a 20-story high-rise. Yeah. So, and, that, and, and that's, you know, and this is this is all done... This is all done for the means of ill-conceived ideas that pander to political bases. And, you know, I, interestingly enough, I'm going to break subject here. I just got a text message on my phone saying, Hi, this is the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. Get your COVID vaccine and you'll have a chance to receive $1 million in comeback cash every Friday until July 7th. The sooner you get vaccinated, the more chances you have to be selected. Uh, yeah, that's that's stage three of a that's stage three of a tyranny, which is reward for compliance. The next one is violence, punishment that's, for noncompliance. Yeah, punishment for noncompliance. But anyway, back to the environmental thing here. Um, yeah, so we have a state that has insisted on making policy that they will convert themselves to an inefficient form of energy production, and then and it's all about. Making themselves feel good. Yeah, and about, that's what and it's about, about. And it's about the it's about catering to ideas that voters have in their mind that they do not understand the concept of how they even work. But they've decided we want this. And the problem is is that they, they, they use those they use those absolutes as a division amongst the people. Because you have to support this if you want to be a Democrat. You have to support these ideas, or you can't, or you're not a Democrat. You have to support these ideas, or you're not a Republican. The reality of it is, is you're not supporting any ideas. You're you're supporting the idiots who came up with them. And you know, if I can, I can read you something. I want to read you something that I that I put forth uh, on Facebook, and this is what I mean by by the pandering and the posturing and the importance of 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 manipulating the population to get the votes and to be in the position that they're in. So Kamala Harris came out. uh, Yeah. Kamala Harris, before she was elected to vice president, she said to, uh, she said in an interview, she said, imagine being a woman and paying a coyote all of your life savings to transport your kid all the way across the country of Mexico to the U.S. border and have somebody like Trump basically look them in the face and, or say, she said, to transport them all the way across knowing that if, that the alternative was worse and then they get to the border and have somebody like Trump look them in the face and say, turn around and go home. She tried to use that as an attack on Trump's immigration policies. So everybody said, "Yeah, you're right. He's, he, you know, he's such a mean guy. We got to vote that guy out of office. You know, his policies are destructive and rude and 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 blah 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 blah." Well, then he turns around and he uh, and she gets elected and she says one of the very first things she says is, "To people in those regions of the world, if you are thinking of making the long and dangerous trek to the U.S.-Mexico border, do not come." And she repeated that, "Do not come again," and said. The U.S. will continue to enforce its border security and laws. So what she basically did was she told all these people who were in support of loosening immigration laws, vote for me because that's a crusade I will take on for you. 
And then once she voted for her, she said, screw all you people. We're not doing that. We're doing this. They did it with the whole, they did it with the whole college loan forgiveness plan. They finally decided how much of your college loan they're going to forgive. Zero. That's what they're going to give. They told, convinced all these youth in America, we're going to create education loan forgiveness programs. Vote us into office. And they voted for them. And they said, we're not doing that. Why would we do that? You don't pay enough taxes to spend $50,000 on. Right. It's basically what they told them. And that's, that's the way these people become in power because you're out there supporting D's and R's and reds and blues instead of supporting good ideas. You're, you're allowing yourself to be pandered to. You're allowing yourself to be baby-talked to into believing stuff that isn't real because you won't take the time to do a little bit of research about how the world is working around you. Yep. There you go. And that's, that's basically what, what it comes down to is how do you educate the uneducated voter and... Uh, and how do you and how do you do it at a rate that can keep up with, with the university with the creation of idiot voters yeah, with with the how do you do it with the rate of social media's capabilities how do you do it with the with the rate of universities cranking out thousands and thousands of people every year how do you do it with the rate of of propaganda dog journalism that is in everybody's face twenty four hours a day how do you combat that how do you I mean as a parent. How do you even raise your child? How do you even have enough time in the day to explain to them what everything they will face in that 24 hours means? You just simply can't do it anymore. They are bomb they they have they have manipulated every form of education and and you know, I I I can say I want to raise my children to think and act and believe in certain things, and I can do my best to do it, but for every one thing I tell them, there's 10 million things out there on the social media network that's saying, hey, no, that's not, you know, what about this, what about that, what about this, and I, I can't keep up with it. They can't even keep up with it. They're on to the next lie before they're even required to answer for the first one they told and that's that's the accountability side of it. Nobody holds them accountable for what they say and do. Yeah, injustices in this country are no longer punished. There is there is no We read about we read about people for example that were arrested after what they called the the January 6th insurrection and uh, I've watched some of those I just a statement here. I've looked at some of those videos, and uh, they're shocking in what they do show you, not what they don't. Hey, folks, we'll be right back. Just a moment. Reason number one. Culturally, the golden rule is treating others as you want to be treated. But financially, the golden rule is those that have the gold make the rules. When you retire... Make sure you can write your rules. Call the Patriot Trading Group at 800-951-0592 or visit our website at allamericangold.com. 
Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Doran's Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Doran's for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-482-8399. 800-482-8399. That's 800-482-8399. 8399. Hello, Northern Colorado. My name is Travis, and I want to introduce you to Meet America. Meet America is a company that provides local families with the best locally raised dry aged beef available. We can be reached at 970 759 9217, or you can email us at meetamericainc at gmail.com. Think local, eat local, stay local. M-E-E-T America Inc. at gmail.com Alright everyone you know we only got a couple, a few minutes left uh, Rev you were, you were making a comment about the uh, January 6th air quotes here guys insurrection um, yeah the, the comment was simply um, we're, we're now finding out that People that were arrested, uh, some of them have been held in solitary confinement, uncharged, unlawyered, for weeks. And I'm, I'm wondering, how does that happen? Well, it's because they're saying, well, the crime took place in Washington, D.C., so the Constitution does not apply to it. The Constitution of the United States does not apply to Washington, D.C. You know, the Fourth Amendment, search and seizure, Fifth Amendment rights. Um, the The reality is, when, when did the Constitution become the guideline for what's right and wrong, and when did it replace God? From my understanding, the Constitution specifically says, as citizens of the United States... You, you, are, you, are, you are allowed these rights. It doesn't say, oh, well, based on your location. It has nothing to do with that as citizens of the United States. Because what those politicians and those lawmakers are basically saying is that as long as they're making decisions on Capitol Hill, they don't have to abide by your Constitution. Yeah. And here's the thing. This is a very unpopular opinion as far as January 6th being an insurrection. Yes, it was. By all absolute definitions, those were insurrectionists. They rose up against their government. By all Webster Dictionary, by all Urban Dictionary, by all definitional forms, yes, that's an insurrection. But you have to understand that tyranny, insurrection is against the law. Tyranny is legal. And I'm going to explain that. Every action that a tyrannical government takes is legal because that government is writing the laws that allows them to act in that manner. Right. So while an insurrection may be illegal, that doesn't necessarily make it wrong. 
And so that's something we have to come to terms with in this country is, are we going to play by the rules that they're going to continue to write to make sure that you come out on the losing end? Because that's how tyranny works. Right. It, it doesn't work by walking up to your door and putting chains on you and strapping you down and hauling you off to concentration camps. That's the after effect of tyranny already taking hold. Tyranny takes hold by rewriting the system that you have to live by. Yeah. And they are going to make it so that everything you do to resist the system is insurrection and against the law. Remember, folks, in Nazi Germany... In the 1930s, the Reichstag was the lawmaking body, and eventually the Reichstag gave all of its rights. It still passed laws, and they were still signed into law, but those were laws, only the only laws they could write were laws that supported, propped up, and strengthened the tyranny of the oppressor government so when you think about um you know people say oh well nazi germany was a totalitarian state yes it was but it also had laws um so did the the diet in tokyo had passed laws but the emperor was in charge mussolini they had a they had their lawmaking body but mussolini was in charge the united states is rapidly becoming those countries where you will be directed, enticed, encouraged, and forced to do things that you morally feel are wrong, and it will be perfectly legal because they've made it a law. Yeah. So that's going to settle the debate there. I know the conservatives don't want to say it, but yes, January 6th was an insurrection. Does that make it an unnecessary act? No, not by any means. Listen, we love you guys. We're out of time for today. We will talk to you next Saturday. God bless and have a great week. Please join us again. Thank you. Do you ever wake up and feel like there should be someone to run your errands? We want to get things done, but just don't have enough time. Many of us hire concierge services like dog walkers or food and grocery delivery. Why should your insurance needs be any different? At Badger Insurance Advisors, we act as your concierge for all things insurance, pairing quotes and prices, and recommending the best insurance for your needs. Call or text us today at 303-359-1799 or check us out at badgerinsuranceadvisors.com. Hello, I'm Jessica Autry with the TC Group, 970-396-2404, your Colorado native realtor with 10 years real estate and property management experience. Whether you are looking to buy, sell, rent, or list your rental, I can help. Just call me at 970-396-2404 or email me at jessellenrealestate at gmail.com. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins.